Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Hey, what's good? And welcome. Welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and I'm super excited to introduce you to a dear, dear friend of mine. And I guess you could call her a work colleague of mine for well over a decade now. She may correct me on that. And I'll start by saying how I met Jan was we do a a leadership program for about, well, anywhere from 500 to 1,000 people once a year. And uh, I'm going to say it was a decade ago. I don't know when it was, but we have different speakers that come in and out. And so I was given this uh, lady's bio to read and I read the bio and I thought, well, this is pretty interesting and and everything. And and I described her as a nonverbal communications expert. And I didn't know what that meant. And um, so I introduced her and I said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jan Hargreave. And this amazing woman came to the stage and just blew everybody away. And it wasn't just that she had some great stuff to teach us. She showed us some things. And so I'm going to give my feeble attempt at explaining to you what a nonverbal communication expert is. And then I'm going to ask her to get a little bit more detail. And some of us might know this as being a body language expert. But this woman is called in by the government, called in by FBI and notables to really kind of tell uh, she's, I, I call her the human lie detector. You know, nothing can get by her uh, like that. So her name is Jan Hargrave and just just an amazing lady and best-selling author. Uh, the list goes on and on. You'll get it. You'll get all the stuff in her bio here. So Jan, welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. How are you? I am great. And I'm glad to be anywhere for The Cure for the Common Life. <laughs> I am here and I'm reading your body language already, Joseph. So it's already all right. You know, isn't it funny when we met, we didn't, we, you know, we had no idea of what we would both be like. And then I remember that night, I remember the first night I spoke at leadership and you introduced me and I didn't know what was happening. There were all these people <laughs> just yelling and screaming. And then I did it and it was so rewarding and so nice. And we had fun and you became my, my guinea pig because I, yes, yes. uh, I needed a partner to pretend he was my boyfriend that night. And you were my, you've been my boyfriend ever since. Now it is a decade, <laughs> 10 years only one time a year, you're my boyfriend. So that's okay. But the well, rest of the year, I love you. <laughs> you, know, you, you as well. And I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I, I really meant what I said. It was, it was uh, first off, super entertaining. But more than that, she taught us a lot of things that were practical things that we learned about ourselves and we learned about other people as well. So Jen, I gave you my feeble attempt at, at explaining what you do. Share with us a little okay. bit about what it is that you do. Yes. Okay. And then I'm glad you said that, that I, I taught them some lessons because I've always said I'm motivational, informational. I want to teach you a subject area, but I want you to have fun when you're learning it. So I'm a body language expert, a behavioral authority is how they, they 
label me. So what I do is that I study how a person moves his hands or his arms or his eyes or his shoulders, even his feet. And then I interpret that and I tell you what's going on inside of his head. And I am involved in jury selection. So there's a pretty serious side to what I do. And I specialize in how to tell when someone's telling the truth versus how to tell when someone's telling a lie. So maybe today I can give you a couple of secrets that even on virtual conversations, you can tell if someone's being honest with you, someone's not being honest with you. So Joseph, it began for me in college. You know, I'm from Louisiana, so I'm the raging Cajun woman from (laughs) Southwest Louisiana. And I was sitting in a graduate class. I didn't even know what area the subject area body language was. And my professor, who was fun, would just come in and he would point at one of us and say, oh, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. And one day said to me, Jan, I know what you are thinking. And I thought, well, how can that old fool know what I'm thinking? Because it always wasn't too pretty. So he's the one who told us about body language. And had he not, his name was Dr. Joe Frank Thornton, I would not have really delved into it. But when he started talking with us, I said, so you mean when, when a per- I can tell what a person's thinking when they move their hands and their arms? He said, oh, yeah, 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 you can do it. No, he was really determined to let us know that. And I was dating someone at the time, too. And I said to him, I said, so when this man tells me he loves me, I can figure out if he's telling the truth or not. He said, oh, yeah, you can do it. I said, <laughs> I need to learn this stuff because I thought it would be great. I could read my boyfriends. But think about it. A young girl in college, I, it was graduate school, so I at least I was in graduate school because I had a little bit of sense. And to know maybe what another person was thinking, I am so happy that I jumped on it, Joseph, when I did. But when I first started, studied it, I mean, I didn't think it was ever going to become anything serious. I was just having fun with it, and I was using it on my friends. I was using it on this boyfriend. And then it started, then I started doing more research and more research, and then all my graduate-level research is in the field of nonverbal. So my thesis for my master's, my third-degree dissertation is also in nonverbal, but I'm a business major, and I'm a psychology minor. So during the day, I've always taught business, business law, economics, And then in the night school, they asked if I would develop a class for attorneys to help them read people better to pick more favorable juries. That's how it started off. It was only people in the courtroom who who wanted people like me called a jury consultant. And so that's how I started teaching this class and would take them in and bring them, teach them how to spot liars or truth tellers or confident and nervousness. And then industry realized after a few years, we need to bring this information into business because Everything that we would teach in the courtroom was really correlated to honesty and deception and confidence and nervousness in the in the business world. So that's how I got in the into touch with the business world. And that's what I do nowadays is teach people how to read other people. First off, thanks for sharing that. When you say that in the business world, so I know corporations and companies hire you to come in and do you mostly teach to upper management or do you teach to uh, salespeople? How does that go? The whole gamut, the whole gamut. So it can be like Exxon. It could be an oil company where I have the upper executive, high level executives teaching them about nonverbal communication. I can have the chief financial officer of companies who have to present their, you know, their revenue to an audience. So almost everyone needs the training. So I've worked with Starbucks or Shell or you name it, any organization, even for Starbucks to show you how funny this was. They, they called me once and asked if I was a strawologist. This is a crazy story. And I didn't know what it meant, but I just said, I'll just tell them, yes, see what's going on. It was a, 
a public relations company for Starbucks. So I said yes before they told me what it was. So they said, well, we'd like to hire you. If you're a body language expert and you're a astrologist, we want to, we want to hire you. So what they used me for that year was the year that the drink Mocha Coconut Frappuccinos came out. So every year when they come out with a new drink, they want to get some kind of gimmick to get people involved. So they called me and asked me if I could read the behavior, the straw behavior of their coffee drinkers. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, some sure. people will take, the, will take the straw and scoop up the, the whipped cream. Some people will talk with the straw. Some people chew the straw. Some people not the straw. So I came up with seven or eight behaviors that I saw that people would do. And, you know, if they would chewing on the straw, maybe they were really nervous that day. So yes, not only am I a body language expert, I'm also a strawologist. What would they use that data for? How would they well, use Okay, so, so we did a commercial. So I did a commercial with them uh-huh. and the commercial was, you know, they were, they were announcing, I was at Pike's Market in uh, Seattle. I had gone to do a cupping the day before their facility. And then on the day of the commercial, it was maybe 4.30 California time, maybe 7.30 New York time. So Every every few minutes, we were doing a different city where one of the hosts from a talk show in that city would come on to me and say, okay, what's this? What do we hear? What's a strawologist? And I'd say, well, this and this and this. And then I'd say, the new drink this year is mocha coconut frappuccino. And I had never even drank a frappuccino in my life. I had to learn. Try saying those words, Joseph. Uh, you know, I was going to say that when you said it. I'm not even going to attempt it. I'll, I'll follow over. I, 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 it took me so long. So that... So we did. A, I did a commercial for them to get that drink going, and then we were able to analyze. Then the radio show would get a synopsis of what I said, and they could, you know, talk about it later in the day to that their audience, saying, "Well, if you're a straw chewer, then this means that you're doing this or you're thinking this." So that's just one example of some of the yeah, things yeah. That they've used to, to me, it, and it always has been since I met you. This is absolutely fascinating. We share something. You know, my my line of work as a psychologist, we, there's that mm-hmm. intersection. And so I have used what you've taught me through the years. You know, if, if, I, if I have somebody that I'm working with, I want to be able to connect with them on a deeper level. Now I'm, you know, whether it's uh, matching and mirroring them or modeling or that kind of thing, I'm able right. to have a deeper connection and kind of, I'm not going to say that I know what they're thinking. However, I am going to say, based on the things that you've taught me, I know what they're feeling, at least in that moment. And, right. uh, I'm, I'm, and Joseph, you know, body language is 55% of our communication. Yes. So it's, probably a little bit more than the actual, the words we say only really are seven. I hate to say that to people, but you know, like you and I are talking now, just now you took your, your hand and you kind of rubbed your face. So if I'm in a communication with your conversation, you know, I'm listening to the words you say, but my second nature is just to look at your body language. Sometimes I kind of zone out on the words and I'm looking at everything that you do. People say to me, they say, Jan, I would hate to be married to you. And I say to them, I would hate to be married to me too, because <laughs> I'm certain that I drive people, I mean, Cecil crazy, my husband, because if he just moves a finger, I'm like, oh my God, he's getting ready to lie to me. So, <laughs> I know. so Joseph, yeah, I do it. But just think, if you have that little bit of information about body language, you can know whether to say yes to a proposal or no to a proposal right. you know, when people are talking with you. And I think that, and I'm so happy that people are are so aware of body language now. When I started this 20 years ago, people would think of it as something strange or funny or that related it to maybe handwriting analysis. And then we started off with O.J. Simpson's case. So I did some input into it. So we started with O.J. Simpson's case and Johnny Patsy Ramsey's case, all those major cases. And that's where the word jury consultant came out was with Mm. O.J.'s case. So then with O.J.'s case, you know, then the, the wording came out. And now, you know, I'm watching the NBA playoffs we have, I think his name is Mark. He's always talking about the body language of the players going back into the going back to the bench. And I'm like, 
yeah, someone else talking about body language, even NFL, when they're talking about it, they talk about body language. So now it's not that I have to explain the whole concept. People know the concept. Yeah, yeah. And and unconsciously, you know, obviously you you have a specialty and you notice things that the rest of us don't. And what I think you said is true, that even though we're unaware of it, we're still reading their body language, even if we don't know what they're doing. We know when somebody is uh, is, uh, disapproving or scared or something like that, unconsciously. Correct, Joseph. And I tell people, if ever you feel you're being lied to, you're probably being lied to. Because I want people to trust their intuition. Hmm. Because you kind of know if someone pulling the wool over your eyes but you know when you said you know that I read people it it was something that I studied and I just studied it enough that I could do it with my eyes closed not my eyes closed because I got to but I can do it you know easily but anyone can learn it in that detail if they consume their lives with studying it and you know take some training and you can get pretty good at it you know, so so when I watch TV, I watch the politicians because, you know, I work for ABC, NBC, CBS, and I do all the politicians body language. So now, you know, we're going to get ready for some big debates. So yeah. you know, I'm going to be working and doing the body language of people. I try to keep politics out of it. However, I'm going to have to ask you something. And then, and then you said you could share something with us that would be useful even here over the uh, over the airwaves, if you will. Sure. Given the tools and and the a level of, uh, let's just say, you know, from myself that I'm able to notice things at that level that you've taught me. And I'm trying to be delicate about this because I don't want it to be political, but, and I right. don't want to uh, cast any shade on anybody. And I will say the current administration that we have right now, how crazy does that drive you to watch, uh, to watch that? Well, the thing that I note in the body language is, you know, we study the word incongruency. Yes. So when when someone does a gesture and the gesture is congruent with the words that they say, then we know that that person is being sincere. But if we see a wording coming out of a person, but the gestures don't match the wording, then we get a little bit concerned. So as you know, for, I, I welcome people to study, study body language so that when we'll see the debates and we'll see people talking with each other, I want them to get the whole the whole knowledge because. You know, a body doesn't know how to tell a lie. Exactly. A mouth tells a lie. Mm-hmm. So when you're going to be watching people, you can watch, you know, they'll move their hands a certain way when they lie. They move their hands a certain way when they tell the truth. And then when I watch what's going on now, I do see an inconsistency with the wording that's said and with the nonverbals that I see. Some nonverbals with the current administration are okay. They're cut and dry, though. They would need to be softer to appeal to some people. Yeah, if you were going to, and, women want a softer, but I would suggest a little bit more training, you know, for them on nonverbal communication, not to touch. Well, when, when you say that, a little more training to be more convincing with, uh, let's yeah. say, the untruthfulness. Because or, I do think that most politicians get a little bit of training in body language. And you can usually spot when they're overtly trained and thinking, oh, I'm just going to do this gesture because now they'll. So you know that this is confidence. When I put my fingertips together, this is confidence. So let's say someone, let's say a politician says, oh, I know this is confidence. So when I'm going to be saying something, I'm going to make sure that I say it, that I do it. You will catch them because the gesture that they want to present is not given to you at the correct moment. They may say an entire sentence and then they'll think, oops, I forgot to do the steeple gesture. Yes. So yes, you're right. Because a true gesture comes out about one twenty-fifth 
second before the wording that you ah, said. So, so like, like right now, you like your gesture comes out a little bit before even the words that you, isn't that crazy to think yeah. of it? Yeah. You know, so like I just snap my fingers, but that's how you can tell when someone is being truthful in their gestures. Right. Well, when I say my limited experience in it and just what you've taught me, and I, and I haven't really studied I'm not nearly as much as you have, but in my line of work, and I watch what's going on. And, you know, I just have to say, when I asked you how crazy does it drive you, it drives me crazy because I'm, I'm watching, the, let's just call it incongruency come out. And yes. I'm watching it over and over again. And to me, I'm feeling like, who can't see this? You know, it's like once once you see it, you can't unsee it. And right, I'm right. thinking to myself, who can't see this, including that person? If you watch some people talk, sometimes when, when someone is being deceptive, Joseph, they will completely stop all motion whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll think, well, if I don't do any motion now, there's no way they can see my hand. So, you know, once you get a base on a person, you see that their motions are, you know, really like this. And then when they're saying something to you and there's no motion whatsoever, then I would definitely second guess with just the wording that came out when there was no motion. So watch that, you know, it's that freeze technique. It's like uh, if we're asking a defendant something and he sits on his hands because he's thinking, well, if they don't see my hands, they'll probably not even know that I'm lying. So, yeah. Yeah, an unconscious thing. Well, I'm going to leave it there just because that's a rabbit hole we could could go on. So you said that you could share something with us uh, that would be useful for all of us to be able to take into our lives and maybe enhance our ability to... uh, Yes. You know, because Joseph, when COVID started, I thought, well, how people, how will people really use nonverbal? But I found that it's easier to teach it now and it's easier to read someone when you're on a virtual screen than when you were in person with them. Because in person with you, I'm looking at every part of you. Now I am looking at you. And what happens on these virtual screens is that every idiosyncrasy about you is magnified. So that's why you have to be so careful. So then I developed this thing called called the triple threat method that how do you use your face, your shoulders, your hands when you're in a virtual conversation to really bond with that person, build some trust with them, share with them that you're confident. First of all, you have to square your shoulders when you're talking with people because unevenness of shoulders is indecisiveness of person. You have to make sure that you're really fully expressive because that's what they're going to feed on. You have to establish that bond like we used to be able to establish when we shook someone's hand. So when when then when COVID first started and before people were trained in virtual screening, there supposedly it said that it was taking two weeks of virtual conversations to be as socially grounded as a handshake used to give us. Wow. So it was taking two weeks of you and I talking with each other to feel that close. Unless you have a little bit of training in nonverbal about how to really present, how to come across over that screen. So what I did is that I took the research that we had used to, to train TV anchors. That's exactly what we're having to do now with regular people is training you and me or me training them. How do you, how do you believe that TV anchor? What is it about that TV anchor's body language that you listen to the news and you watch it? We now have to kind of come up with some of that nonverbal. So I always tell people, if you can, during your conversations on these uh, virtual screens, make sure that people can see your hands because that's how they're going to first start to trust you. You know, if you can, even if you're doing a steeple or Joseph, one one gesture that I teach often nowadays is, you know, I'm pretending that I'm holding on to this basketball and I'm talking with you and I'm just kind of talking with you. And then every now and then I'm going to lean forward and I'll give the ball to you. So it's nonverbally me saying, I have this information in the ball of my hand and I will gladly pass on this information to you. 
and the reasoning about the hands and why you, we trust you when we can see your hands. Think about hands and the history of hands. I mean, they they gave birth. They they cuddled you when you were a child. They they took care of you when you were sick. But later on in life, they can hurt you. They can kill you. So subconsciously, when you first see someone. You don't even notice that you're doing this, but you're trying to see if you're safe. You're trying to figure out where are their hands, where are their hands. You don't even think about it, but that's one. So when someone can easily see your hands and your hands are kind of softly moving, they feel a little bit more tender and they feel like they will trust you right away. So it's for that reason that I recommend to people, you know, you can't just have it from the face stuff. You're going to have to let them see a little part of your body. And, um, And there's only seven facial, universal facial expressions. So if you know the seven, and there's a good website called www.greatergood.berkeley, B-E-R-K-E-L-E-Y.edu. And what it does, it just, it's like what we train TSA in facial recognition techniques, because that's what, I still work at TSA here in Houston. So we, they have people called BDO, behavior detection officers, who just look at you while you're in line and they're kind of looking at your face. And we're looking for, for the face that is, not synchronized with the other faces in the crowd. Wow. So then on this thing called Berkeley that, I, that you, it's just 20 faces. You know, they'll show you a face and then you have to say, is this person angry, sad, or contempt? You know, what are they experiencing now? And then they show you another face, another face, another face. They show you only, it's only 20 faces. But if you do it often enough, you get all 20 yeah, of them correct. Mm-hmm. So the seven facial expressions are look, anger, fear, contempt, happiness, sadness, surprise, and disgust. So each one takes a different part of the face, like like this gust, one, you know, the lips go up here. So then when COVID began, a company also called me to do an article and a report on how do you read someone's expression while they have that mask on? Because wow. here you are in the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what, Joseph, you yeah. can do it because out of the seven facial expressions, about four of them require the top part of the face. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is, so I would teach them how to look at the eyes and stuff, but you know how I relate it to people? I tell them, look, you've always communicated with people who wore masks because you've been going to the doctor since you were a kid. Yeah. And yeah. even if that doctor had a mask on, you could tell if he was pleased with what you were doing or if mm-hmm. he was upset with what you're doing. So you need to use that technique nowadays when you're working and you're talking with people. So if you're going to do these, these virtual calls, you got to make sure, first of all, you got to do the hands. I would say that you kind of expand yourself every now and then, even one hand more this way, because the larger you make yourself look, the more powerful you can come across on that screen. You don't want to stay that way the whole time with your hands and your hips, because then you would look too threatening, but you're going to have to feel as alive with that person as they were, as you were when you were in conversation with them in person. And we have to learn to look at the camera sometimes because when my eyes are looking at that camera and you feel me looking at you, supposedly oxytocin is released and you and I can immediately fall in love. Wow. If we keep those eyes together, 90, 60 or 70% of the time that we're talking with them. So just taking just a few of those things, our tone of voice can develop warmth because we want to, you know, feel as let people know that we still care about them. When you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's only the bottom two that we can acquire with no other emphasis, no other people. The top three, we need other people in our lives mm-hmm. to get to that top level. And right now we seldom have that, but we, we have to realize we can still create it on these virtual calls that we're doing now. 
That is super useful, Jen, because right now, I, my life has completely changed. As you know, uh, yes. 90% of, of what I did was live on stage. And I wanted to share something with you that, Me too. that, that is, goes along with what you were saying. And that is that I have been doing Zooms since this. I actually had been doing it before this started or before COVID started. So I was pretty well versed in it. And I, as you know, I'm in a studio right now and I, I use my hands a lot as I talk and everything. Good. But mostly on stage, I would use it. And so when I would watch myself as we are right now, and those of you that are just listening to us, you know, we've, we've done this on the video. So you'll probably be able to find this on YouTube or, or whatever. Maybe we'll put it on the, in the uh, information below. But what I started doing was I started to push the camera back because I noticed a lot of people would get up at right on a line and I yes. put it back enough. And it wasn't because, I mean, you're telling me now that they get it, but it wasn't because they... I was thinking that they weren't getting my hand gestures. It was that I didn't feel congruent in myself as I'm looking at myself on this screen. Okay. And, and, uh, and so I got, I got used to that, pushing it away, using my hands. And uh, a month ago, and as a matter of fact, I'm leaving tomorrow to go do our friend Tony uh, Robbins is doing a virtual event. We did uh, a virtual UPW a month ago in uh, Florida, and there were 22,500 people. Yes. Now, the beautiful part about it is, it was the whole thing that you could see 3,000 people at a time on this big screen and everything, but it was the whole body. And yes. so it wasn't just, you know, the upper third of me. So, you know, it was, it was head to toe. They could see me and it was like coming home because I, I, was, I was completely comfortable. The only difference was that, uh, you know, just as we're talking right now, I can ask you a question and we get immediate response when it's Zoom and when it's like this. And this was the largest Zoom call ever. You would say something and you would get no response, crickets. And so it took a few minutes to get used to that. But once I was over that, it was, it was fine. Yeah. And a, a couple of things. First off, thank you so much for that. That is super. Oh. How can, uh, because I want everybody and I am going to just this side of uh, insist that you find this woman's books get her courses and, and learn this because it is, especially now, uh, super useful yeah. going forward. How can people find you and share, us what, share with us a little bit about maybe some of the courses and the, and the books that you have? Sure, sure, sure. Well, my website's my name, www.janhargrave.com. And my five books are on there. So my five books are, my first book is Let Me See Your Body Talk and it's Body Language Job Interview Presentation Skills. Second book is Judge the Jury, How to Spot Liars. Third book is Freeway of Love, Signs That Men and Women Do That Say, Oh, Baby, Get Over Here. My fourth book is probably the best for those who have to do business. This is strictly business body language. This is just negotiation. And then my fifth book is Poker Face. It's the body language of poker players. So my book can be gotten on there. And then the best thing I think now, I don't know if you can see this, but I have an online course. And my online course, yes, is just janhargrave.com forward slash course. And the course has 13 training modules. And that thing is we did it last year. I finished it in, in, in December. So it has, I have a rapport building. There are lots of other things you can get. 13 modules plus a rapport building sheet, a body language check sheet that you can carry with you in your pocket. And I also put something together that if you see negative body language, what would be some things that you can do to alter that negative body language and get positive body language returned to you? But you know what, now that we have COVID and we're at home, uh, I like you too. You know, I would never sit down to speak, Joseph. So I have to kind of anchor myself and and kind of, but I've been able to do it. And thank goodness, you know, companies now realize they still want to connect with their people. And so they're doing these training now and they're realizing we need to do a lot of training with them on virtual screen. So 
that's been the good thing for me and it's benefiting me. So I'm, I'm totally enjoying it. And I'll be with you at Leadership Academy. Oh, fantastic. You know, yes. I know that's coming up. October 9th is me. Yeah, fantastic. I'm excited about it as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I've been excited about sharing you with our listeners, if you will. And everybody, please, uh, again, I'm just this side of insist that you look this woman up. And this is useful for everybody. And I will say this. I have a 13-year-old son, and yeah. I use it with him as well. He's, he's hip to it now. He knows what's going on. So I use it with him as well. It's such a universal tool to have. Jan, thank you so, so much. And uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom. And, and I look forward to working with you again. And remember, everybody, that life is exactly what you dare to make it, and fortune favors the bold. This is the cure for the common life. Boldly dare to step up and make your life magnificent. I will see you at the top. Jan, thank you. See you at the top. Thank you, Joseph. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.